0: See users who can handle the truth. And now, here's your host, Gene Steinberg. This week on the Tech Night Owl Live, we'll be featuring Rob Pegorero, whose works turn out in USA Today and Yahoo Tech and other places. A little bit later, we'll be hearing from Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer, and we've got a lot of topics to talk about this week, so stay tuned to the Tech Night Owl Live. Ah! Now, before we started talking to Rob Peguerrero, he told me he hasn't used Microsoft Office on his computer for a number of years. Is there a reason for that? Two, actually. One of them, you know, it used to be you would have to have
1: Office around just to read the Office documents somebody sent you. But ever since they added a Quick Look to OS 10. All those times where we started this huge program just to see what kind of document or spreadsheet somebody had thrown into an email. I just hit the spacebar. I see what I need to get. I'm done. Uh, and the other one is Google Docs. It does what I need. I know there's some things it doesn't do that you know are an option of Microsoft Office. But as a freelancer, I have the uh, the convenience. I guess I don't need to get too hung up on somebody else's you know application requirements. Most of the time, I file my copy. It's either logging into a web based content management system like WordPress, or I'm just emailing it in the uh, body of of the email. Or sometimes it's just a really simple Word document, something you can do in text edit, which takes no time at all to launch.
0: And that's enough. As easy as that. Now, the interesting thing about this, and the reason I bring up Office, is that this week Microsoft released Office 2016 for Mac for people who subscribe to Office 365, which is the cloud service, okay? Right, the download version isn't out yet. Now, you will also be able to get physical copies with your business licenses in August, and you can buy one at your local Best Buy or something, or an Apple store in September. Regardless, this is a strange situation for Microsoft. So, Microsoft, way back, while back, released Office for iPad. Now they've got Office 2016 for Mac. Comparable versions for Windows are not out yet. And Microsoft is sure changing pretty quickly. What a strange world we live in. But it's interesting here about Microsoft. And that is, it looks like their new CEO, Satya Nadella, is undoing some of the stuff that Steve Mommer did in his final years. So, for example, we've got Windows 10 coming up. It's going to be available as of July 29th. Well, if you join the Windows Insider, you get it now. That's pretty close to final, so you get a pretty good version of it. Should be this close, yeah. Right. And I'm running it as perfectly fine as a Windows operating system. It's a good update to Windows 7 as if Windows 8 never existed. <laughs> That's my surface opinion. But now Microsoft, of course, bought the handset division of Nokia a couple of years back for $7.6 billion. And they're undoing it, kind of. I mean, they they fired most of the people who work for the Nokia division. They're taking a write-down of $7.5 billion. So what's going on?
1: Yeah, well, they bet big on Windows Phone. and, And personally, I wish that had gone better because I don't trust... Apple and Google to have all the good ideas in mobile operating systems. But we're, we're increasingly in this sort of like binary system where it's either it's Android or iOS and there, there's no viable challenger, at least not in the U.S. market. You know, BlackBerry, they're, they uh, they chose poorly in the past. Windows Phone has had a lot of good ideas, but not great support from carriers. And, you know, one of the things it's had going forward is that you can make a good, cheap phone using Windows Phone as your OS, but in the US, that advantage is kind of hidden by subsidized pricing. Yeah, I know some people who use Windows Phones. They seem pretty happy with them. I've tried a bunch myself. They've all had some neat stuff, but when you look at what applications do you need to use, which ones are you likely to want to use, it puts you at a
0: shortfall. Well, as you say, a binary system, there is no room anymore for another contender. And we're seeing here, for example, that Android growth is kind of slowing and Apple continues to grow. But it never will happen that iOS will exceed Android, but it will be this huge number two that makes all the profits in the industry. So that's part of it right there. Nobody is making profits from mobile phones except for mostly Apple and to a little bit Samsung, but not as much as it used to make. And the other companies are coming out with quite good smartphones sometimes. I agree with you that the Lumia smartphones I've seen and read about are pretty good. And some of the other companies like LG are coming out with good Android smartphones, but nobody buys them. Yeah. And, you know, in this case, let's not forget
1: that a lot of people who were were counting on a paycheck from Microsoft to pay their mortgage, they're not going to have that
0: to go forward with. If they live in Finland, it's like a disaster because, what, two-thirds of the people working in Finland for the Nokia division, they're gone or will be gone shortly. And this was a company that used to define
1: the high end of the phone industry. I remember going to this; they had the showcase store on West, on Fifty Seventh Street in Manhattan, you know, where they had the VIP level on the third floor. If, if any of uh, your listeners ever went to that that place, and I, I don't think they're in that spot anymore. I don't think they can cover the kind of rent you pay to get a spot in that part of Manhattan.
0: So, what can you say? I feel sorry for the people losing their jobs. I understand Microsoft has to make harsh business decisions, and they realize that this decision to buy Nokia was just wrong, but it harkens back to Google buying Motorola Mobility. And they paid, what, 12-something billion dollars for that, and they sold it for like $10 billion less to Lenovo after a couple of years. And you think that Microsoft would have learned their lesson, but that CEO is no longer at Microsoft, so it doesn't matter. He's now owns a sports team.
1: Well, it's sort of different motivations there, too, because I'm At least at the time, a lot of the reason for Google to buy Motorola Mobility was to get hold of its patents because at the time it was going to be this epic nuclear patent warfare between Google and Apple and everyone else. Well, it turns out Apple themselves, how how much money got spent on that Rockstar consortium to put together a bunch of patents? well that that got sold off for like 400 million bucks a tenth of the original value to a company that's just going to license out those patents on fair and reasonable terms they're they're not going to be uh you know any any sort of litigious offensive weapon anymore so a whole lot of money got wasted on patent litigation that should have gone to making better phones it should have gone to giving us better battery life instead it went down the toilet uh with microsoft you know they i guess they they thought they wanted to gain control of Windows Phone and to be able to make phones that lived up to the idea what it should be,
0: which did not work out. But I get what they were trying to do with that, at least. At least, though, it's not like the old Microsoft, where if something fails, they change the name, they relaunch it, and they continue working with it. Nadella seems to be a clever enough CEO to know when something is not working and to get past it. Again, I feel bad for the employees losing their jobs, but I could see where a hard-nosed person like that will make Microsoft go into better places. And look at the way Microsoft is delivering perfectly good product for other platforms. Remember, I mentioned Office for the Mac coming out ahead of Office 2016 for Windows and for iPad and for iPhone. And there's an Office for Android. Wherever yeah. they buy the product, Microsoft is happy to sell it to them.
1: Yeah, And that's such a change. They no longer see offices signed that exist to sell Windows licenses.
0: Let me tell you, folks, by the way, before we continue with Rob Pegorero, that if you want to try out the next versions of OS X El Capitan or iOS 9, the public betas are out this week. Of course, you know, be careful. We'll talk about that a little bit later with Brian Chaffin. The key, again, is be careful. These are beta operating systems. What that means is they can cause problems on your iPhone. They can cause problems on your Mac. So if you have an older iPhone you want to try it with, fine. If you have another drive on your Mac, fine. I would be careful about putting it on your primary drive. Of course, I also put iOS 9 public beta on my iPhone, and it works fine. But Living on listen, the edge. I'm living on the edge. But I also, there's a way to restore it. Apple says you can't restore it. There is a way, but it involves finding your iOS 8.4 software and going through a slightly longer process. And we don't want to get into that. So be careful. We got Rob Pegorero, and we're going to cover lots of tech issues on the show. So stay tuned to the Tech Night Owl Live. Neighbors, let Bitdefender worry about security. Just enjoy your Mac. Defender antivirus for Mac. Complete protection 24 7 and take a selfie with your Mac, post it on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, and tag it HugAMAC for a chance to win a MacBook Air. To learn more, go to bitdefender.com backslash hugAMAC, bitdefender.com backslash hugAMAC.
2: Healthy elimination is essential to high energy, a cheerful mood, and prevention of disease. Some of the founders of our modern holistic health thinking state that disease begins in a toxic colon. A toxic intestinal tract is the foundation for virtually all degenerative disease, and a clean and well-moving intestinal tract is the foundation of health. I just
3: want to say that you folks have an amazing product. I've taken whey protein products for years, and I've never noticed the results I have with your product. I've suffered with thoughts of constipation most of my life. Within a few days of taking One World Whey, I know notice a dramatic change. Also, in the past few years, I've experienced symptoms associated with diabetes. I feel horrible when I've had too much sugar, and I've been getting the foot pain as well. But I've noticed in the past week or so, I'm not feeling bad anymore, and the foot pain is gone. I'm just finishing up the five-pound tub I ordered and just got off the phone ordering more.
4: I love your product. Thank you. Call
2: 888-988-3325. That's 888-988-3325. Or visit oneworldway.com. That's oneworld, W-H-E-Y.com.
0: We have another way of hearing this show, by the way. If you don't like the network ads, this is what you do. You sign up for Tech Night Owl Plus at plus.technightowl.com, plus.technightowl.com. That's with a P-L-U-S. And for a modest monthly annual or five-year subscription rate, we give you the ad-free version of the show, higher quality audio. So big subject also, speaking of the Apple universe, is Apple Music. There's a published report now that when Apple released iOS 8.4, which is the update that's mostly to add a new version of music for iPhone, iPad, iPod users, that they can get Apple Music, 40% of those using iOS 8 upgraded within a week. That's amazing. Isn't that amazing? And the amount of publicity, advanced publicity around Apple Music was incredible. We had that interesting situation where taylor swift writes this tumblr blog saying i don't like it i'm not going to have that album 1989 on it because you're not paying royalties during the free trial period within hours apple says we'll do it we'll do it and she's going to put the album on do you think that was a put-up job rob uh no i mean i don't think apple really
1: needs the extra publicity they were going to get a ton of it anyways no matter what yeah, Taylor Swift has been kind of outspoken on this before. Like she, she posted before saying, this is why I'm not going to have my stuff on Spotify. I will take her word. She saw an issue where artists less well-off than her were getting exploited, and she used her fame, her publicity,
0: to try to do something about it. Well, if we take away the conspiracy theories, and that comes from a lot of places, by the way, we take it away. If she's doing something there to enhance the plight Of the average musician who doesn't make a lot of money, it made sense. Think of it this way. A lot of artists who break through maybe have one or two hits and they're gone. The one-hit wonder. Now, during the key free trial period of Apple Music, if they get their one hit, they never make the profits. It may not be a lot from a streaming service, but everything helps. You know, you don't have multimillionaire artists dominating the industry. It's just a handful. A handful Listen. of people like a Taylor Swift or Paul McCartney or Eminem or people like that. Most of them barely earn middle class wages. So I understand what her point was. But it's good that Apple relented so quickly. That was right. amazing. Hours in there giving up. Yep. I think that's why there's a feeling that it was a put up job. Okay, so let's look at Apple Music. In contrast with, say, Spotify, which is the biggest competitor. Now, Spotify has never made a profit, as I understand it. I, I haven't taken a look at that in detail. I mean, we don't know
1: if Apple Music is going to make a profit. We know that Apple ran the iTunes store for years not intending to make a whole lot of money and not making much money. They used to break that out in their quarterly returns, but I don't think they do anymore. So with all these services, this is kind of a big grand bargain going on. The company running the service, they hope that they get enough of a scale so that they become a really valuable market for advertisers' target. Good idea. They hope that they can convert X number of users to the pay tier, which Spotify has been doing. If you look at where they're at, they have a really good site called Spotify for Artists where they break down, this is what we're trying to do. This is how we want to make money. This is how we want to make money for you all. They're doing a good job of converting users to the pay tier, which is where artists make more money. They get more money. And that's good. For the artist perspective, you know, it's it's kind of not pointless, but unfair and uninformative to compare what they make from one sale of a song to one play of their song on a service like Spotify or Pandora or Apple Music. What you hope is going to happen is the lure of paying this amount of money to have access to so much music all the time means that you have more people listening and more plays from people who weren't going to commit to buying it in the first place. And so you make it up over time and volume, which I think is possible. And I've, I've talked to enough people in the music business who think that, you know, yes, we can figure this out. This is not an existential threat. Not going to be easy, but we can figure it out.
0: Now, I had heard an estimate at one time that people on the average would spend $140 a year on buying music. And, of course, if you sign up with Spotify for a single user or Apple Music, it's $120 a year. Of course, you have the multiple user tier, but let's get past that. Yeah. Now, if they're making more money total from people renting music, that makes sense. And of course, you can download the songs offline if you want. You're not forced to stream. So with Apple Music or Spotify, you like the song, you can download it offline. But the music carries digital rights management. So you stop paying, at some point in time, they'll cut your privileges. Now, the only thing that bothered me is I heard that if you also uploaded your own songs that you bought and paid for or got from iTunes that didn't have DRM, they would exactly. get DRM under Apple Music. Is that correct? Yeah, it's a little
1: complicated, and it took me about 500 words to explain this in USA Today uh, the other week. So weekend. please tell us. So step one, you have these songs you already you bought off iTunes, you bought off Amazon, you ripped them from a CD, you know, you downloaded them from the band's own site. Great. Right now you have pre Apple Music, you had two ways to get that on other devices. One is with iTunes Match, where for twenty four ninety nine a year. iTunes matches those songs and gives you matched copies, often in higher quality that you can download to your original computer and have them replace the originals or download to second computers, which is a nice feature. I've paid for your iTunes match. I'm using it to upgrade a lot of stuff that some of it I might have gotten from various file sharing services when iTunes was not around as a musical store. Trying to make good on that, and that's great. The other way you used to have of getting your music across devices was copying it. Sync your iPhone or your iPad via iTunes, plug in a flash drive, copy the music to that, plug it into the second computer. Apple Music, if you didn't know about either of those two ways... You might not be so confused. It has an option where you, it'll match your songs, and then you can download them onto other computers. From one perspective, that's okay. Everything you download from Apple Music in, in the context of paying for that service is, is a tethered download, a term we haven't used in about 15 years, where it comes to your end. You have to keep paying to listen to it. You can't burn it to CD. you got all sorts of usage restrictions that you don't have with anything you actually buy at iTunes or Amazon or wherever. But if you know that iTunes Match exists, if you know that you can copy music from one computer to another on a flash drive, then it's kind of weird when the song that you own, that you explicitly added to your Apple Music iCloud library, comes down in this DRM'd form. And then what if you lose your original backup? Well, you have these copies of these other songs on these second computers, but they're DRM'd, and hopelessly so. You, you can't opt out of by burning them to CD and re-ripping it. That's a mess. And that's an area where Apple's documentation just doesn't exist. <laughs> there's, there's this incredibly brief description that says, Apple
0: Music and iTunes match are different but
1: complementary. Well, that's helpful.
0: So the question here is, if you stop paying, suddenly you can't listen to music you already own, or does it automatically strip the DRM? No, it doesn't. And that's where,
1: on the one hand, if Apple would say, like, look, this is the deal, but it doesn't. And people, I saw one guy who writes a tidbits. He tweeted back to me, oh yeah, I see. The, this matched copy I downloaded, not the original. The original doesn't get touched. The matched copy he downloaded to a second computer was a .m4p file. It's P isn't protected, in this case protected against you actually using it as if you own it. And that's not the kind of feature you want to let users discover on their own. Bad things happen when people discover their music's been treated this way.
0: We have more to come on this subject of DRM. And Apple Music with Rob Pecorero. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Independently leading the
7: way for the nation. Compelling talk for every political persuasion. We are GCN. This is Dan Pillot. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years.
8: If you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS or state in back taxes, you know they'll never stop coming after you. With bank levies, wage garnishments, they'll even seize your home or business. The good news? A government program for tax debt forgiveness. It's called the Fresh Start Initiative. I'm Paul Sibley.
5: With U.S. Tax Shield, we can help navigate the new laws, get you protected,
8: and resolve your tax issues permanently. Call the experts at U.S. Tax Shield now for your free consultation and get a guaranteed quote to resolve your case. Call 800-436-6451. That's 800-436-6451.
9: They are ready to answer your questions at 800-686-2237. Again, that's 800-686-2237. At 30dayfoodsupply.com,
10: two of our top priorities are providing quality food at a reasonable price and protecting your security. When you call 800-700-2184, we will never record your phone call and never ask for your personal information, like how much food you have stored or where you keep it. We'll also never store your credit card information and email address on a computer. Your email address will never be shared or sold. We'll never limit the number of boxes you can purchase. We'll never use outside packers or use relabeled food from another company. Our meals are naturally high in fiber, carbs, and protein, and everything is packed with oxygen absorbers and mylar pouches under our direct supervision at our plant in Oregon. Oregon Trail Foods and 30dayfoodsupply.com keep prices low by buying directly from their producers in Oregon and then passing the savings on to you. Call 800-700-2184 and purchase our 30-day 90-serving emergency food supply for only $99 and $10 ships your entire order to the lower 48. Visit our website 30dayfoodsupply.com or call 800-700-2184. That's 30dayfoodsupply.com at 800-700-2184. As if chlorine in our water weren't bad enough, now they're adding ammonia? It's true. Some municipalities are now
5: adding ammonia plus chlorine to your water supply. It's a disinfectant called chloramine. But with a trusted Big Berkey water filter you can keep chloramine out of your water. New NSF EPA certified lab tests show EPA Berkey water filters remove chloramines, pharmaceuticals, BPA, pesticides, bacteria and viruses, all forms of fluoride and much more. Big Berkey water filters are the original and most trusted on the market. The gold standard in water purification and our filters last for years at less than two cents per gallon. Big Berkey, the one that's powerful enough to purify stagnant pond water. Get your Big Berkey today. Call one 99 berkey or click BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. That's 1-877-99-BERKEY. Big Berkey Water
11: Filters, for the love of clean water. Live with Gene Steinberg, it's the Tech Night Owl. Because you never know what's going to happen next.
0: So here's where we go now. Remember that the songs you're downloading from the cloud under Apple Music, even if it's music you already own, it's got DRM. So don't replace the copies you already have, because if you do, you're going to have a problem. Now, I suppose Apple could develop some kind of utility to read the meta tags and fix this for people who leave the service. And they're probably going to have to, because wouldn't that bring upon the potential of a class action lawsuit? How can Apple steal music we already own? But that's almost what would happen here if you stop paying for the service. Well... It's hard to
1: say if uh, any class action suit would get anywhere. But yeah, I think the situation they have right now is, is neither transparent nor all that fair. Either if, if you're not going to leave it undocumented, then it should act the way people think it, think it should, which is that it's my music. So the copies I download shouldn't be encumbered with DRM. Um, on the other hand, if you're going to do it like that, it needs to be up front. There should be some message saying like this is not going to be treated any differently than any other music you make available offline. Because uh, otherwise, yeah, I mean, I, I saw some report where somebody realized, and I didn't even think to check about this. Remember the iPod, that thing Apple still sells? That can't play these tethered downloads, these matched copies of your own songs. Duh. Oh, yes, the iPod. Yeah, which it really does take me back to when I was reviewing services like, I even remember Napster to Go, uh, Press Play and MusicNet, the first two really awful music services where you would have these tethered downloads that were really encumbered. Um, there was <laughs> Yahoo, my client, they had a service called Yahoo Music, which was actually halfway decent in that their tethered downloads, you could uh, you can also buy music off the service, but it was a discount compared to the regular download price. You got some credit for being a paying subscriber, um, which is not the case. If you pay for Apple Music, you don't get any discount buying stuff at the iTunes store.
0: Well, I hope Apple clarifies this. I'm going to give them a little bit of slack only because it's brand new. It's a brand new service and they have to work out some of the glitches and maybe they didn't think this one through. Now someone suggested to me the reason it happens is because of the deals that Apple had to make with the music industry. But nobody has a right to take my music, my file, and mess with it.
1: Yeah, well remember, they're not messing with the original file, but it's easy to imagine scenarios in which you lose access to the access to the original file. And what you thought was a backup isn't a backup. And none of this is explained to you. You know, look look how iTunes does such a good job of papering over the complexity. You don't see the file system. You don't see the file name extension. Um, normally, that, that kind view column is all the way off to the right if it's even displayed by default. So this is something where people will kind of stumble into it. And and yeah, I agree there's a certain amount of making up, Apple making this up as it goes along. The day they, you know, at WWDC, when they launched you know, introduced Apple Music to the world. The membership page said you would have to pay to listen to use Apple Music at all in the upcoming Android app, even just to listen to Beats 1 Radio. That page doesn't say that anymore. I don't know when it changed, but somebody at Apple decided, okay, we will not shut Android users out of the free tier. But I should check again.
0: They may have changed it since I last read that page. I think it's still a work in progress. I just think that they're still trying to figure out what to do. And we know there are situations there where some people report that their music library files are being borked when you enable the iCloud music sharing. Yes, I've read about that, and it it makes
1: me not want to do that because, you know, I I updated my MacBook Air to, you know, the new version of OS X and iTunes 12.2 right away because I needed to try it out. I've held off on the one that's got the master library of music because that's like tens of gigabytes of music. I really don't need that metadata to get munged.
0: Yeah, we don't need that. So maybe there'll be a way of fixing that. Again, I expect there'll be glitches, but just be careful if you're doing it. You have a 90-day free trial. Don't do anything exotic. Just maybe try the service, but don't enable the iCloud sharing Kind of let yes. things happen, try it out, see what happens, see what doesn't happen. I see inconsistencies in the things you can do with your music library, the ones that you acquire through Apple Music on OS 10 with iTunes 12.2 and iOS 8.4. The inconsistency is you could tap and hold an album name in music for iOS and you'll have the option to forget about that selection, not to include it in for you, which is supposedly the music tailored to you. That option doesn't exist in iTunes 12.2 for Mac and Windows. Doesn't exist. Hmm. And I think that's silly. I want to be able to tell the software, I don't want Barry Manilow or Tom Jones in my for you music library because I don't listen to those people. Sorry, folks. Well, you've lost two listeners
1: right there. Yeah, I, two—that's I a lot. <laughs> well, those those two musicians in particular. Um, iTunes as a whole, you know, it it needs some kind of regime change, I guess, because they just keep cramming new stuff into it, and yeah, that that app is is. It's been a long time since I mean, used to say iTunes is pretty good. Look how much simpler it is compared to like the ad infested junk you would see on Windows or apps that put CD ripping and CD burning into separate modules. But Apple's kept on packing stuff into it and it's a real hairball of a user interface of a program in
0: general. And I'm looking right now at iTunes 12.2. After going into the version on iOS and saying, I don't want Barry Manilow, Tom Jones, Paul Potts, I'm looking at For You and I still see Barry Manilow albums in there. Please tell me, There's a way to get rid of them. I think Apple's saying you need to broaden your musical horizons a little bit, and
1: they're just going to keep suggesting Barry Manilow to you until you really give the man's work a a second listen.
0: What I might give is a quit notice. (laughs) (laughs) I might just undo the auto-renew option. But you get the picture. We're looking at version 1.0 of a service. Remember also that iTunes is very much a browser, a web browser that's picking up content online and Apple can change things on the fly online without a software update. So maybe that'll come.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking it for you and it's hmm. some, I'm not sure what some of these suggestions are doing here. It's it's sort of like, actually this reminds me of when you like do a search on Google and it shows them in Google now and you're like, I was just answering a trivia question. I don't need to be
0: reminded about this now. Well, you know, the other issue, of course, is the ownership versus music rental. So does Apple get more listeners at $10 a month than just to have people occasionally buy albums or tracks from them? Does this mean more profits for the industry, or is it just another way of getting money from customers? I really don't know about wanting to rent music. I understand the attraction. You can build a huge library from scratch with no work. And someone who is young, starting out as a music lover, that might actually have its appeal. I could see that because of the logical reason that the cost of admission is rather low. But I think a lot of people who want to really embrace different musical styles are going to want to buy it. I mean, right now you have a time where vinyl has a somewhat of a resurgence, where they're selling several million albums a year. And that yeah. goes against not wanting to buy music, because with vinyl, you're buying music, folks.
1: That's what I wrote about at uh, Yahoo Tech a few days ago. Because, yeah, I, I've i been collecting music for a while. I'm in my mid-40s. I remember having to decide in high school, is this album good enough to get on CD, or should I just get the cassette that I can listen to in more places? Um, And, you know, after years and years, you reach a state between CDs, which you can copy to your computer, and it's yours to use at will, and MP3 and AAC downloads that have no DRM, that you can move around to all your devices, you're not limited to a designated hardware and playback apps. It was not an easy victory to, to beat DRM out of the music industry, and I am really leery about going
0: back on that. We you know, have I more liked. to come on Apple Music and War with Rob Pegarero I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Nighthound Live. Great minds think alike. The
7: network for the independent minded. The Genesis Communications Network.
0: GCN.
12: Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. Call 1-888-379-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. So, disable the cable and get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-888-379-MY-TV. Right now, to sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 in up to four rooms. And there's no equipment to buy. that is includes your free HD TV upgrade, your free DVR upgrade and your free professional installation. And the best part, the pristine digital picture and sound. Call 1-888-379 MyTV. So, what are you waiting for? Pull out your major credit or debit card. Call 1-888-379 MyTV. 1-888-379 MyTV. Disable the cable, cut costs and get more. Call 1-888-379 MyTV. 1-888-379 MyTV.
8: Is negative content or comments on the web affecting your personal or professional reputation? Unfavorable comments, embarrassing pictures, videos, legal documents, and bad tweets can ruin your personal life, your career, or your business. It happens a lot, and it's just not fair but what can you do Reputation.com can protect your good name get a free consultation now at 80-831-0771. that's eight hundred eight three one zero seven seventy one call right now for a free expert reputation analysis it's easy to squash the unfair attacks with our patented system and the analysis is absolutely free make the best things about you jump out in searches protect your personal and professional reputation your business and your income get your your free reputation analysis from reputation.com right now. Call 800-831-0771. 800-831-0771. 800-831-0771.
1: Many are in disbelief today after word of shocking allegations against a Minnesota-based talk syndication company known as GCN. It's claimed that they're the fourth largest talk syndication company in the U.S., making it even more scandalous that they've been accused of helping business owners expose themselves on a massive scale. Let's go live to Tom for more on this story.
13: It's being called the greatest exposure of our lifetime, while other business owners are beginning to step forward, claiming they, too, exposed themselves with the help of GCN. It's true. They're all guilty. Every last one of them.
3: GCN helped me get the exposure my company needed and just think, that was years ago. Today, GCN has like 700 affiliate stations and over 6 million downloads from iTunes and their website every month.
7: Imagine the exposure your company can get. Expose your business to the masses. Email advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy. Affordable. Effective. GCN. you know
11: what's going to happen next? Well, here's the Tech Night Owl. Live with Gene Steinberg.
0: So, going back to rental music. I'm Gene Steinberg. We're in the Tech Night Owl Live with Rob Pegoraro. Of course, this comes at a time where... Sales of new music tracks, digital downloads are down. And is that because more people are subscribing or just the fact that people's tastes are changing? And whatever you think of the current artists, Taylor Swift, whoever, maybe the current artists are just not good enough to attract those audiences. And people are sick and tired of buying the seventh remix of The Beatles. (laughs)
1: <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm not going to blame it on the current artist because, you know, that, that'll make me even sound like even more of a, a grumpy old man telling those dang kids to get off my lawn. Well, I, I am a
0: grumpy old man, but I have no problem <laughs> with the kids on my lawn. Just don't really, it's not that great a lawn, let me tell you.
1: Yeah, well, there's been so much rain lately, so it's part of the backyard is kind of a mud pit at the moment. I don't know. Like, I have been sort of feeling like I'm watching the tide run away from me and I can't really do anything about it. And yeah, like I I guess I sort of get the use case if you are just starting out and you're used to having bandwidth everywhere, but you can't kind of having bandwidth everywhere. And I don't know. I I think it's important. You know, in this column, I explain how I am okay with running video. And the big difference there is there is no notion of ownership with buying TV shows and movies. If they're from any like big studio, they're going to come so wrapped up in DRM. There's no point pretending you own them. So I'd rather do away with the pretense pay netflix and besides video is something you don't use in as many places you know you know it's it's flat out illegal to watch video in some places like behind the wheel of your car the repeat consumption value isn't as high as it is with music but with music yeah if, it, if it's worth listening to more than once I've, i'll just pay the dollar to own it and own it forever and then i can put it in a slideshow you know mix it up with something else i may not want to do those things
0: but i can and i can't do it with a tethered download Again, you're speaking of someone who has purchased music for years. The young person who doesn't have a big budget each month, and they look at each month, and they maybe have an allowance or something. Maybe rental music does have its attractions. Again, for a company like Apple, just offer this for everybody. Say, okay, you want to rent music? Here it is. You want to buy music? There it is. You make your own decision. We'll provide the service. Yeah. And I guess one other thing to consider is for that person in college, because
1: I remember I sure did buy a whole lot more music then. And and it was the web having only been invented uh, halfway through (laughs) four years. You know, this was buying CDs at 15 bucks a pop, 12 bucks a pop, maybe less when you had the new Columbia House, you know, new customer discount, get you 10 CDs for a buck. And years later, I guess people's default way of getting music in college was just downloading it from somewhere off the internet that wasn't going to get a paycheck to the musicians involved. So if the alternative to that is paying for an all-you-can-eat service, okay. But I, I don't want all these people who have found a way to like get some money to the musicians they like, get the music they want, expose themselves to new kinds of sounds. Don't forget that they can be music owners
0: too, and not just renters. All right. Apple Music. So do you think that the volume, the sheer volume of Apple and Apple Music and the exclusives they will offer and Beats 1, even though it's free, all this will combine to slam Spotify, especially if they come up with the an Android version. Remember, now it's iOS, Windows, and Mac. Android's coming this fall. Yes. Um, we'll see what the quality of the Android app is like. I'm going to say no, though, because
1: Spotify, like Pandora, has done a really good job of getting their their app, their software, baked into so many other devices. And, you know, sure, you can use your your phone or your iPad to play this stuff via Bluetooth stereo to all these other devices. But, you know, once you say Bluetooth streaming, a whole lot of people just blank out. They're not going to bother with that. Whereas if the app is built right in and they, they activate it on their service and they're all set. So... Right now, Apple Music isn't on the Apple TV. Apple has a device compatibility issue. And, you know, while part of the company did die for them to pledge to ship an Android app of any sort at all, they're a long way from offering the sort of it's going to work wherever you need it to promise that Spotify and Pandora and, and Rhapsody have been able to deliver on, more or less. Same way comparing, like, iBooks to Amazon Kindle. You know, Apple could have a much nicer interface, but their device support is a joke. Like I, There's no way I'm going to spend a dime on an iBooks book. I don't want to spend much on you know, an Amazon eBook either because that's ends and I don't own it either. But at least the company that shipped an eBook app for webOS is, is a lot less likely to leave me unable to read my alleged purchase on the current device I'm using.
0: Well, wouldn't it be interesting here if Apple finds success with an Android version of music? I hope they do. I mean, they, they should – maybe they, they could also ship – you know, if the world
1: does not end with Apple Music being usable on an Android phone, maybe they could do an Android version of
0: iBooks. Maybe um, they can also come out with an Xbox version. Yes, of music because remember Microsoft is giving a lot of good stuff to the Mac these days. In yeah. fact, I read one review of Office 2016 for the Mac. They said it's better than the Windows version. So there you go. So yeah. Microsoft has no problem with that. Apple already is going to Android. They've got the Windows version of iTunes. So going on the Xbox shouldn't be a big deal.
1: A lot of Windows users I know are not too happy with the Windows version of iTunes. So maybe you don't want to have that be part of your sales pitch if you're uh, from Apple, explaining how we're going to bring this service to your, your video game console.
0: Well, maybe that will change things. All right. Apple Music. So we'll have to see how big it grows, but Apple has so many subscribers to iTunes because of all those credit card numbers. And so easy to sign up for the free trial. Yes. It's going to be big business overnight. In three months, Apple's going to be number one, very likely. Could be. I mean, I think the fact they have so much exposure, and you
1: know, for what it's worth, I don't think I'm going to pay sign up for the pay tier. Like, I, I don't buy music at a sufficient pace. I do like what they have in the free services. I've been listening to Beats One a lot. It's really interesting. Uh, one of the guys I used to work with at the Post, Mark Fisher, years ago, he he. Literally, literally wrote the book about radio. He wrote a, wrote a book about the history of radio and how it grew up to be what it is. And he spent a few days listening to Beats 1 and said, like, look, this is a rebirth of what Top 40 was supposed to be. Very DJ-driven, very idiosyncratic, where it is not clearly playlist-driven, given that, you know, you can hear late 70s vintage Billy Joel, and uh, just earlier today I was hearing some song from some guy in Belgium. It was pretty good stuff, but there are not many stations in the U S terrestrial FM where you're going to hear that kind of weird mashup of sounds coming from all over the place.
0: Music. There you go. Let's move on to a couple other topics before we let them go. Okay. When you were suggesting topics, you mentioned patent trolls. There's always a patent troll. What's the latest one? So, uh, you know, Apple
1: just uh, had a half billion dollar verdict thrown out. Um, the basic story here, and, and this is something I've, I've, been, I've been writing about it literally since 2001. The um, first piece I did was one where I it ended with a quote from Tim O'Reilly, the guy who runs O'Reilly uh, Media and has been really active on this. He said, you know, we're turning more and more human interaction into property. And when an industry has done well without making up imaginary kinds of property, you need to wonder why are we bothering to do it now. And that's really run away with patents. There are a couple of positive trends. One is which, uh, you know, there was a Supreme Court ruling last year, which basically said all these patents where you've said, you know, we have some traditional business process. Oh, but we're doing it on a computer. It's novel. It's not obvious. And the court said, no. And a lot of junk patents are getting thrown out that way because all they were doing was just saying, but do it on a computer or do it on the Internet. And that does not. Get you a patent it does not entitle you to a government protected monopoly on that implementation of that idea so that's good. Um, there's a bill called the Innovation Act in Congress that is trying to sort of disrupt in you know in a way that won't be enjoyable disrupt the patent trolling business model by basically saying you can't just send a letter to a company alleging a violation and you know threatening to take them to court. You have to say what the exact violation was. You can't sue the company's customers for using a product that uses this, that allegedly infringes on your patent. The company can say, nope, we're going to defend all our customers. You can't hide your ownership behind three layers of shell corporations that finally wind up in some filing cabinet in a town in East Texas.
0: NPR did a great expose of this a couple of years ago. Now, I want to ask you that before we go on about East Texas. And we're going to have to break in a moment. Yeah. But here's the deal. So supposedly there's a part of the country, eastern part of Texas, where you file a patent lawsuit in any of these jurisdictions, and your chances for victory are far higher. And you have to wonder here, well, you think wherever you file a lawsuit, and it should be in the jurisdiction where either of the companies is located or serves, you have an equal chance. You present a proper case to present your position, And you have a fair judge, and that judge will rule in the favor of the correct party most of the time. Although you have appeals, so what is there about East Texas and patent trolls? Rob Peguero is going to tell us on the next segment of the Tech Night Out Live. Independently leading the way
7: for the nation, compelling talk for every political persuasion.
0: We are G C N. a2hosting.com. Check out their Prime Hosting account. And get this, neighbors, they're even giving you an exclusive 25% off discount for all our listeners. 25%. And remember, their Guru Crew support team is standing by 24-7, 365 days a year to answer any of your questions. Now, to get the discount, use the coupon code Gene when you check out.
8: Is negative content or comments on the web affecting your personal or professional reputation? Unfavorable comments, embarrassing pictures, videos, legal documents, and bad tweets can ruin your personal life, your career, or your business. It happens a lot, and it's just not fair. But what can you do? Reputation.com can protect your good name. Get a free consultation now at 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Call Right now for a free expert reputation analysis. It's easy to squash the unfair attacks with our patented system. And the analysis is absolutely free. Make the best things about you jump out in searches. Protect your personal and professional reputation, your business, and your income. Get your free reputation analysis from reputation.com right now. Call 800-831-0771. 800-831-0771. 800-831-0771.
6: Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live where you never know what's going to happen next. And now here's Gene Steinberg.
0: Patent Trolls, East Texas. What's going on here, Rob Peguerrero? Why well, you- does that location give better chances for
1: victory? No one really seems to know exactly how it started. It's been going on for years. The New York Times did this kind of maddening feature about how Marshall, Texas has become this epicenter of patent litigation. It's just bananas. There was that great John Oliver segment a few months ago where he noted that Samsung has built an ice rink in the middle of East Texas just to sort of suck up to the local population. And it's really, it shouldn't happen because it's not as if, you know, yes, there are the juries and... That they, I'm not sure why they would be naturally sympathetic more so than any other random part of America. But even a lot of the judges, Newegg.com, the online retailer, they've been waiting for a judge for like months now to either, to basically say to reject their appeal so they can then take it to the next higher court or accept it. And the judge isn't saying, which is not how it's supposed to be. It's this weird sort of judicial capture where the judges that wind up serving there seem to forget how, I don't know you know you, you can't just ignore principles and say okay well we're we're just we're not going to answer your demand yeah it's it's not exclusive to there there's a uh, court right in washington dc the court of appeals for the federal circuit which has been a real hub of patent litigation in its own right and it was created to to focus on intellectual property law but the problem is it seems to have gotten captured by the people it's supposed to pass law onto to the point where the Supreme Court has had to smack the CAFC down a bunch of times. And, you know, it takes two or three times for this court to figure out what's going on. And some people have said, and I think it's worth considering, do we need a specialized court? Because the special purpose court has become this wholly owned subsidiary of the, uh, the patent bar. And, and bad law is resulting in a lot of money's getting wasted in the process.
0: Also, you have to think here, a company that builds nothing and they buy up a portfolio of patents instead of licensing legitimate patents in a fair manner, they want to sue. They figure that if they come in there with lawsuits, a lot of companies will bend. They don't want to get involved in expensive lawsuits. Sometimes it's just more convenient to pay and get done with it. Exactly. You know, the,
1: the trick is to send a demand letter where the price for settlement, the license you take out is far enough below the cost of, you know, defending your case in court that you'll just pay up. And then you can go to the next person and say, look, this other company, your competitor, they paid up. What's your problem? Yeah, Newegg.com, they, they spent years just getting these patents thrown out by this nonsense company that basically claimed they had a patent on running an online shopping cart. What they spent was a lot more than they, the company, the patent troll originally asked for. You know, it was less than their final demand before they got the patent nuked. But that's a case where the CEO has been like, we're not paying a patent troll. I don't care what it costs. It is more cost effective for us in the long run to fight these people and to pay up their demands. And, you know, Amazon, they took out licenses to, licenses to this particular junk patent that anyway got thrown out. So if you have a company like Amazon decides, well, we can't be bothered to fight it, you can't really blame other people for saying, fine, we'll just spend money to make the problem go away.
0: And I have to think also, if a company is doing something like that, and they're being deceptive. Can't they face possible criminal or civil charges? You'd think. You know,
1: there's this law, the racketeering and corrupt-induced, uh, the RICO. A lot of patent trolling looks to me like a form of extortion, where you're, you're claiming something which is not actually true and, and demanding money that is not yours. But no one has been able to make a RICO case work against a patent troll. And so, like, one thing the Innovation Act would do there, not to sound like, you know, a lobbyist for it... <laughs> I have enough friends of mine are actually working on that case. It would say, you know, look, if you bring a case that is judged to be abusive, that with no basis in fact, that had no reasonable shot, the judge can say, guess what? You get to pay the winner's legal costs, which would do a lot to break that up. Because otherwise you can just have a lawyer, you know, take your case, say, you know, if we win it, you know, you got to pay me. Otherwise, your downside isn't that much. But if you bring a case you shouldn't have brought and you have to pay not just your legal costs, but the other guy's that really changes the calculus a bit.
0: Well, suddenly things will change, but I don't think it's going to happen overnight. And right. I think that they really need to investigate this court system in East Texas where yeah, judges you know, are so favorably <laughs> disposed and you think there has to be something under the table. I don't, I don't
1: know. You know, it's just weird how things have come to be that way and it is a strange state of affairs. I, I would say if you want to read a whole lot more on this, I'll... I'll give a plug for my friend tim lee's work he used to be at ars technica he's now at uh, vox and he's been covering this for a long time he can recite chapter and verse on this stuff
0: all right just a question here before we go on with other subjects any conspiracy theories about the sudden computer problems with united airlines and the new york (laughs) stock what a lousy day that was Isn't that weird to have all that happen at the same time? And each case is a normal explanation. We tried to roll in some kind of new software update at the New York Stock Exchange, and there was a router failure. What, at United Airlines? And you think, you have one router? You don't have redundancy? If one router fails, you can't just plug in another one? And I'm a reasonably regular flyer in United, and that I can
1: actually believe. I, was, uh, I managed to get stranded in Houston overnight several weeks ago and the, the people at the united club at the gate this off-duty pilot they were all like honestly we have no idea where the replacement crew for this flight is at i i can't tell you and i, I asked the pilot like you know what's going on do you have some special version of the app he's like no i'm using the consumer one this is the best one we have for seeing where might this other crew be coming in they have some it issues they've got to work on you know they're like Four or five years since the the United and Continental merger, so I don't think there was any third party. I think that's stuff they need to fix, and and hopefully we'll have fixed before the next time I'm getting on one of their airplanes, or at least have not break the next time next day I'm getting on one of their airplanes.
0: I don't know that I want to fly anymore. I don't want to invest in the stock market and depend on that. So I certainly don't want to fly
1: creep across the, you know, the departure board at the airport, I don't like that much.
0: (laughs) Oh don't want to do it. So you think it's incompetence there and you wonder about the New York Stock Exchange what happened? Yeah, like that, I don't know, I've never
1: covered the NYSE, but you know, it's it's not the first time it happened. There was a nice chart on the the uh, story in the post that a detailed the other times the, uh, the stock exchange has gone offline for, you know, any extended period of time and it's it's definitely not a one-off event. This is just a lot longer. This outage was a lot longer than most. And they weren't using Windows XP, were they? God, I hope not. Like that, you know, I still see that every now and then. It was at, at Dulles Airport. They uh, they had a bunch of monitors. I don't know what they were supposed to show, but they were showing the XP screensaver. And that... <laughs> Dulles, you, you guys have got to upgrade that. Put put OS ten on those machines, put Linux. I don't care. I don't want to see that screensaver ever again in my life. They're still doing it at doctor's offices. Yeah, and that's... Yeah, that... The last time I was at a doctor's office, I was actually happy to see they were using Windows 8. It was some very nice new software because anytime someone's collecting detailed personal info about me, I do not want the operating system of 2001 to be involved in it.
0: And you don't know from this end. You might just see a website. True.
1: Yeah. Now, I actually looked it up this, this particular company was using Athena Health, which is apparently a really good cloud-based system. Don't be people who know what they're doing. Not some legacy code that's been sitting around since 1985. So hopefully, (laughs) we'll see. If I see my cholesterol number on the web, then I will have been incorrect in this judgment.
0: You know what? If they post my cholesterol number on the web, and I have no idea what it is, but if they post it, you know what? So what? Who cares? The rest, I don't know. Cholesterol number, not going to affect me. All right. (laughs) So, one more topic. What do you mean, my friend, by transparency reports? Yeah, so this Has nothing to do with glass, does it? No, it
1: is. It's something that started really, I guess, the the first big-name company to do one of these was Google. And they simply said, we're going to total up how many times law enforcement agencies, courts... National security agencies in the U.S. have requested data about our users, and how often did we comply with those requests? You know, something I didn't think to ask about when this first came around.
0: And then Twitter said, "Hey, that's a good idea too. We're going to." And that. when Twitter says it, you know it's got to be true. Transparency reports: How are these companies interacting with law enforcement, getting requests for the names is. of users or stuff like that? Rob Peguerrera will tell us on the Tech Night Out Live. <laughs> let Bitdefender worry about security. Just enjoy your Mac. Bitdefender antivirus for Mac. Complete protection 24-7 and take a selfie with your Mac, post it on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, and tag it #HugAMac for a chance to win a MacBook Air. To learn more, go to bitdefender.com backslash hugamac, bitdefender.com backslash hugamac.
8: Is negative content or comments on the web affecting your personal or professional reputation? Unfavorable comments, embarrassing pictures, videos, legal documents, and bad tweets can ruin your personal life, your career, or your business. It happens a lot, and it's just not fair but what can you do reputation.com can protect your good name get a free consultation now at 800 831 that's 800 call right now for a free expert reputation analysis it's easy to squash the unfair attacks with our patented system and the analysis is absolutely free make the best things about you jump out in searches protect your personal and professional reputation your business and your income get your free reputation analysis from reputation.com right now. Call 800-831-0771. 800-831-0771. 800-831-0771. For health and vitality
14: for you, your family, and friends, get the Healthy Start Pack from Yongevity as recommended by registered pharmacist Ben Fuchs. If
15: you're a junk food junkie, getting on the Healthy Start Pack is one of the best ways to wean yourself off of processed snack foods and start putting good nutrition in your body. If you have a loved one who's dealing with heart disease or any health challenge, the Healthy Start Pack makes a great gift. If you have a grandparent or a parent in a nursing home, you will be amazed at the difference a a once-a-day dose of the Healthy Start Pack will make in your loved one's energy levels, and their memory, and their mood, and in
16: their general outlook on life. Give the gift of optimal health to your loved ones and order the Healthy Start Pack from Longevity by calling 866-735-2470. That's
5: 866-735-2470. Or on the web at brightsidebend.com. That's
6: brightsidebend.com. Order today. We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at Tech That's news at Tech Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at Tech slash radio. That's Tech slash radio. Or
0: subscribe on iTunes. Okay, Transparency Reports. Google started doing it at Googled some point and in time. Twitter,
1: Twitter, Microsoft, Facebook. And after Mr. Edward Snowden uh, told us what the NSA had been up to, a whole lot more of these things started coming out from other companies. And so now it was, it was a big deal in like late 2013 when AT&T and Verizon issued transparency reports. Neither company, you know, Google has been pretty activist and Twitter as well about saying like, you know, we think the laws governing your privacy against online need revision. Um, well, Apple has certainly been more active yes, politically. Apple started in speaking years. out publicly about this as well. Where traditionally they, they've they've been pretty quiet in DC, haven't really done a whole lot. It's been funny to see who else has joined it. Comcast posted a transparency report, which is great. It's doing the right thing. Uh, Amazon posted one their first ever this spring and. There was no mention of it, no no tweet. I didn't get an email from any of their public policy people. And I only found out about it because of this Electronic Frontier Foundation report. It comes out once a year saying, you know, how committed are companies to protecting you against government curiosity? Uh, the most recent one was T-Mobile. And again, John Ledger, their extremely voluble CEO, didn't mention this in his Twitter feed. There was no press release about it, but they've got it. And seeing as how I pay them for wireless internet service, I'm glad they're doing it. They were the last of the big four to provide that level of disclosure. And so I would say the explanation for this is the transparency report isn't necessarily going to say how stubborn the company is going to be about giving up your data, but for them to disclose it at all means that at this point should be table stakes. Like, I think the next frontier is all these sharing economy companies. Airbnb and Uber have to collect a lot of data about their users. Uh, and, they have some catching up to do. And of course, there's all the other internet providers out there. You know, after Verizon, Comcast, AT&T, I don't think a lot of the smaller cable, op- cable systems have posted any transparency reports or even law enforcement guidelines where you explain if someone wants to see email stored in their server, we're going to require a warrant, which strictly legally speaking, you don't have to hold cops and courts to that, but it's the right thing to do and you can, you can make that stick. So companies that aren't doing, that don't have a transparency report, don't have law enforcement guidelines, they are not companies I want to spend much time doing business with.
0: What's interesting here is how some agencies were complaining because, for example, the way of encrypting your smartphone on your iPhone, for example, they couldn't break that and get through and take your data for supposed law enforcement purposes. And, of course, Apple won't do anything about that. That's just too bad. Yeah, this has been going on for a while. And and for a while, I mean, about
1: 20 years. In the 90s, there was the crypto wars debate over, you know, can we have encryption? Should we require companies to build in a backdoor into this clipper chip that would let the government decrypt data or communications? And everyone in the tech industry said while the idea might sound appealing in principle, we cannot make it work at scale. And it's gotten only more difficult. And there was a really good white paper, about 33-page PDF posted a few days ago, basically like the A-team of cryptographers, people who have invented most of the standards out there, people who know this stuff, chapter and verse, front and back, top to bottom. And they said, you know, the too-long-didn't-read version is, sorry, can't do it. You know, any scenario in which you would do this you know, you, you can't say that, oh, because this giant company can impose, can have key escrow in the cryptography system it uses for its in-house email system. You cannot make that work for the entire universe of iPhone users without making the iPhone insecure. And the answer is basically like, sorry, you know, you have to have, you can't have encryption only for some people. You can't mandate a backdoor to crypto in, from companies we know about. And ensure the bad guys won't use crypto from somewhere else. It's just not going to work. And at the same time, and this is a point this report made really well, this really is kind of a golden age for surveillance. You know, law enforcement and national security agencies can collect so much data about us. So it's a little bit rich for them to say, "But, but encryption on your iPhone or encryption in this IM system, which is not something they can stop fundamentally. And and as we've seen from things like the Office of Personnel Management Hacks, security and encryption is a good thing at large because there are a lot of bad guys out there who want to get at this data for one reason or another. Oh, well. Yeah. I mean, I I, I feel bad for the dilemma the FBI is in, but this is not something they're going to be able to stop. You know, the best case scenario is maybe you can coax Google and Apple to built-in backdoors, but Apple's going to fight that like hell, and so is Google. You're going to make sure that, you know, Al-Qaeda or ISIS only uses their software? They're not going to use some IM platform from somebody else? You know, the, the idea that you can force people to only use software developed in the U.S. is just ridiculous. Not going to happen.
0: So isn't it interesting here how the extension to the Patriot Act was maybe loosened a little bit because all the complaints and ends up that this Edward Snowden, what he did was actually a good thing, it looks like. Yeah. You
1: know, I I was glad to see that the, the Patriot Act was not renewed yet again in rubber stamp form, and we actually now have some limits on what kind of bulk collection the NSA can do and how they can sort of go about trying to expand that through the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act court. Uh, it's bringing it back to where I think a lot of us thought it worked. We didn't realize
0: that the FISA court was just making up new law on its own not telling us about it. So now they make it more difficult. And then again, it's questionable how much all the surveillance has done to help us. I mean, we understand you have to do it in the special cases when you know that someone might be doing something nasty. But generic yeah. capture of anything or just listening to phone calls where someone says... Well, I took a drink last night and I got bombed. And they say, mm-hmm. bomb? Oh, they're going to explode something.
1: The, the best description I heard for this came from Bruce Schneier, one of the better cryptographers and security experts out there. He was speaking at a panel in D.C. and he said, you know, widespread encryption forces the security state to target people. It doesn't mean they can't do the job. It just means they can't collect it all and sort it out later on. They have to decide... You know, based on the kind of law enforcement work they already have to do, you know who is the target of interest instead of saying, "Well'll just collect all this data because we can
0: well, the thing that's interesting here is it forces law enforcement to actually do law enforcement to actually figure out a possible bad actor and do what has to be done to go after them, and nobody's going to disapprove that. There's nothing wrong with that if you see evidence that somebody's doing something nasty or planning to. And then you want to provide special surveillance on their phones or anything like that. You know what? That's fine. I have no yeah. problem with that. It's when it's done on a blanket basis. Oh, well. Rob Peguerero, please tell our listeners where we can find more of the stuff that you do. You can find
1: me at USA Today at usatoday.com slash tech. Column me usually every Sunday. At Yahoo at yahoo.com slash tech. It's usually every Tuesday, although I show up on occasional other days of the week.
0: Uh, At Twitter, I'm at Rob Pegoraro. R-O-B-P-E-G-O-R-A-R-O. Yes, excitement in 140 characters, and he is certainly a character. But some people say the same thing about me. In any case, we have Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer coming up next on the Tech Night Owl Live. Thank you, Rob, for joining us. You're welcome.
7: Not just an alternative to the mainstream media. We're the premier independent talk radio network. We are
3: GCN. There are hundreds of silver products on the market today, but there's nothing like the astonishing health benefits of the multi-patented One Silver Solution. Boost your immune system at a great price with our Silver Solution Liquid, starting at $12.95 a bottle. Now available in regular and extra strength. That's half
10: the price of the leading competitors. Call 844-USE-SILVER for your free catalog or go to onesilversolution.com. onesilversolution.com. There is only
8: one Silver Solution. Is negative content or comments on the web affecting your personal or professional reputation? Unfavorable comments, embarrassing pictures, videos, legal documents, and bad tweets can ruin your personal life, your career, or your business. It happens a lot, and it's just not fair. But what can you do? Reputation.com can protect your good name. Get a free consultation now at 800-831-0771. That's 800 Call right now for a free expert reputation analysis. It's easy to squash the unfair attacks with our patented system and the analysis is absolutely free. Make the best things about you jump out in searches. Protect your personal and professional reputation, your business and your income. Get your your free reputation analysis from reputation.com right now call 800-831-0771 800-831-0771 800-831-0771 if you're worried about your health and you're tired of the nasty side effects of harsh drugs or antibiotics
15: then look no further supernatural silver is the answer supernatural silver is a powerful immune system enhancer that can be used every day to help keep you healthy and well with none of those nasty side effects. It's extremely safe for use internally as well as topically and Supernatural Silver is hundreds of times more effective than colloidal or ionic silver. It is perfect for use in the sinuses, eyes, ears and on any wound or skin issue. Supernatural Silver is also extremely effective when taken orally and can help fight off bacteria, viruses and mold that may be overwhelming your immune system. Go to SupernaturalSilver.com SupernaturalSilver.com And use the promo code Silver2015 for 30% Off of your entire order And give yourself and your loved ones A fighting chance With Supernatural Silver Do
11: you know what's going to happen next? Well, here's the Tech Night Owl Live with Gene Steinberg.
0: All right, folks. We have competition this week. We have the Tech Night Out Live. If you're in San Diego, you're going to Comic-Con. So, Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer, have you ever gone to a Comic-Con?
16: You know... I haven't, which is a shame, especially since I uh, am an aspiring science fiction author. Comic Con is much bigger than comics, it's a cultural event in and of itself. It's a big deal. Uh, I do definitely want to go sometime.
0: Well, our other show, The Powercast, our guest, Marie Jones, said that she was about to go there. So we Mm -hmm. want to find out about, you know, whether she got to see anything more like a second trailer for Batman v Superman. And, of course, they played the pilot for Supergirl, which is coming to CBS this fall. And I understand that's getting amazing ratings.
16: And world, there's a World of Warcraft movie coming. Uh, it's going to be in VR, and the trailer for that was shown.
0: It's amazing, number one, when you look at it, how technology has allowed them to produce TV shows, high-caliber TV shows, genre shows where they show Supergirl flying or the Flash speeding at 10 times the speed of sound or something or going back through time and the special effects are pretty good and that's done on a personal computer and quite
16: often on a Mac. Yeah, yeah, on a weekly basis. Well, you know, some of these shows the more special late, uh, special effects laden shows often hot times have a production schedule of say 8 days, which is why you, you know, you end up sometimes getting those uh, breaks during the season. a week or two because they you know they've got to catch up and stuff but yeah it is it is stunning stunning what can be done we we definitely live in a golden age of television right now you know there's i don't think there's ever been so much quality programming on both on uh, the networks but in particular on the on the cable channels on the you know from hbo and showtime to usa and and you know tnt and and sci-fi channel and you know all the other channels that are producing original content there's a bunch of good stuff out there
0: they have some new space shows over at Sci Fi, Dark Matter, also Killjoys. And in both cases, I think the special effects are very well done, much better than Star Trek in the 80s and the 90s, those TV series, and certainly far and away what they did in the 60s. And you have to consider the fact that in past years this would be the stuff of major motion pictures also you have a lot of a list actors who go freely from tv back to the movies and there's no stigma attached anymore
16: yeah when when we were young there was definitely a stigma you know like t- tv is where failed film actors went to you know live out the rest of their uh, rest of their career if they were lucky tv stars could seldom get movie deals and uh, that stigma has been erased and i'm not really sure what erased it but i will iterate my earlier point we live in a golden age of television there's never been as much quality programming which is fascinating because you would think that with this explosion of venues and distribution points that you'd actually have a dilution of talent but somehow this has actually brought out more talent both in the You know, the writing, the acting, the directing. There's a lot of good stuff out there, man. And you'll find
0: sometimes now, because of the fact that they could do a TV series short term, 13 episodes, not 26, where an A-list actor, someone who's won an Academy Award like Halle Berry, does a show called Extant. Or, for example, last year on the first season of True Detective, you had Matthew McConaughey. Right off of winning an Oscar, he's off doing a TV show. He goes back making movies again. Get Colin
16: Farrell on this season. Exactly, and Vince Vaughn. And Vince Vaughn, yeah. Yeah, and it's, I've been very much enjoying this season for what that's worth. Quality of acting is also
0: amazing. You look at shows from the 60s and 70s and 80s, and they still show them on cable. And you look at the production values, the mm-hmm. music, the acting, and it's another world, another universe. It really is. Comic-Con. I'm sorry I'm not going there. I would have loved to have seen all this stuff, but... We have someone who will be there and hopefully have them on next week's episode. Let's look into something in the more technological world. So we have Microsoft. Now, a couple of interesting things happening with Microsoft. We mentioned this briefly with our previous guest, Rob Pegarero. Number one, we have Office 2016 for Mac. It's been in public beta. It's now available if you're an Office 365 subscriber. Otherwise, in the next month or two, they'll roll it out for businesses and for personal licenses. The point is, it's being released before the Windows version of Office 2016. It's more in line with the feature set. And I read one review and said the Mac version is better. So there you go. Microsoft doesn't care so much about platforms as long as they can sell product. There's an Android version of Office right now. That's one thing. So we want to go into how Microsoft is changing. So let's start with that. What's your take of this? Well, so I don't know. You want to start with the Nokia thing? I want to move into that, what Microsoft is doing. So we have on one hand, we have these apps, Microsoft embracing other platforms and not restricting the apps at all in a meaningful way.
16: Satya Nadella, who is uh, my boy, Steve Ballmer's replacement, (laughs) has publicly committed to once again being a software provider for all platforms unsaid but still very much implied is the idea that that they won't be artificially trying to uh, uh, boost their own platforms i.e windows mobile and windows at the expenses of their platforms because satya nadella realizes that microsoft has largely lost the mobile platform wars and if it wants to be relevant in the age of mobile, it needs to have software out there, and and what we're seeing is is the uh, the embodiment of that. He's 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 busting butt and making it happen. And the important thing is, once again,
0: if there's money to be made, regardless of platform, Microsoft is happy to have that money.
16: Yeah, there's a lot of money to be made. Bill Gates was obsessed with Windows. Uh, you know, it was the platform that he built. It was the it, Microsoft Empire was built on windows and steve Ballmer was sort of married to that momentum and he he also made a lot of money for microsoft even though the stock uh performed really poorly uh but at the expense of microsoft giving up its leadership you know microsoft focused so hard on trying to keep windows relevant even as it was becoming less relevant and failed to do so failed to keep it relevant and Satya Nadella is doing is he's he's I think he's he has done a better job of pursuing a future where Microsoft is a viable, competitive, innovative company.
0: And you notice Apple is no longer talking about Microsoft. You know, they're happy to yep. have them on as a provider of apps, and that helps the platform. At the same time, we have to think about what Microsoft did under. Steve Ballmer, the decisions they made. They came out with Windows 8, a total disaster. They bought the handset division of Nokia, which was shedding red ink, not doing so well, for $7.6 billion. And they're now essentially undoing that purchase, as you'll hear about in a moment. But before we go back to that, of course, I mentioned in the previous segments that Google tried the same thing, to buy a mobile handset maker. And they picked another company that used to be a number one company that was on bad situation, not doing so well. That was Motorola Mobility. And they made, of course, mobile handsets. They made set-top boxes. And they spent over $12 billion to buy it and sell it off for a fraction of that a couple of years later. So wouldn't you think then that Steve Ballmer, seeing what Google did with Motorola, have learned his lesson and not acquired Nokia?
16: Uh, Microsoft, you know, g- Google and Microsoft made those acquisitions for completely different reasons. Google acquired Motorola in part to get its patent portfolio because it was looking to defend itself against Apple uh, in court. And along with that patent portfolio uh, came a hardware company. And, it, you know, I'm, I'm guessing I, I don't I don't know. I've, this has always been unclear to me and I don't know for sure. But it really seems like the Google executives kind of just wanted to, you know, like, well, let's kind of see what making this hardware is like. We'll see
9: what
0: Microsoft thought in our next segment with Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer. I'm Gene Steinberg. We're in the Tech Night on Live.
7: A little right, a little left, but always independent minded. The Genesis Communications Network,
0: GCN.
14: Hi, John Hubner from Midas Resources. Are you tired of watching your hard-earned assets dwindle away? As government spending is out of hand and the Federal Reserve is creating in excess of $20 billion a week, are you tired of stockbrokers gambling away your hard-earned money? Is this market a setup for a crash greater than 1987? Too many of today's policies resemble those that led to the collapse of 1929. This is John Hubner, and that was me in 2007. 2237 extension 129
2: usually the older one gets the less you are able to absorb amino acids and the less you are able to repair the 100 trillion cells of your body as a result you'll have less energy your tissues will shrink and you'll become wrinkled an older person will typically injure more easily and heal more slowly not fun however if you can consume a protein powder that is easier to absorb then you may be able to gain back some strength muscle and speed of recovery one World Whey is a highly digestible whey protein powder that may be the perfect answer for you.
9: My name is Errol, I'm 74 years old. You know, the taste of One World Whey is amazing. I play pickleball and since taking One World Way and your trace mineral supplement, I have more energy and recover faster from my working out. I used to take another grass-fed whey protein powder, but now I'm
2: getting much better results using One World Whey. Call 888-988-3325. That's 888-988-3325. Or visit OneWorldWay.com. Extend
7: your
15: life with
2: Why do
3: over 50% of North Americans suffer from some form of chronic ailment? Could it be due to a toxic overload? It's time to take back your life. Get the lead out as well as the cadmium, mercury and calcium. Extendivite is a garlic cayenne supplement with five other herbs that acts like a natural Drano, cleaning out the stored toxins, restoring your energy and youthfulness that we've lost. If you would like to live your life free of sickness, pain or fear, then Extendivite is for you. Available in either capsules or liquid, you too can see why Extendivite is the number one heart drop available. To order, call 1-877-928-8822. That's 1-877-928-8822. Or visit our website at heartdrop.com. Extend your life with Extendivite.
11: You never know what's going to happen next while listening to The Tech Night Isle, live with Gene Steinberg.
0: So maybe Google bought Motorola Mobility as a lark. You know, they like to beta test different things. Let's beta test a manufacturer and see if we can make it work. And they couldn't. But Microsoft is an old, responsible company, and they buy a handset division that is way, way less than it used to be.
16: Well, I, I actually, I feel compelled to, to actually finish up my Google thought. Uh, and feel that free. That Google, Google messed up by not going whole widget. Google bought Motorola and just allowed it to continue to be just another Android developer. And there was meaning there was no point in Google ever actually owning it in the first place. And, you know, it ended up selling that division and it lost billions unless you want to give uh, a ridiculously high value to the patent portfolio that it kept because it didn't sell all the patents when it sold the hardware business to uh, uh, a Chinese-owned Lenovo. Microsoft, on the other hand, needed someone to be making Windows mobile phones. No one really was interested in making Windows mobile phones. And Steve Ballmer thought that if he bought Nokia, they could get Windows mobile out there and the, that would actually prove the viability of its mobile platform. And at the same time Nokia was in this weird place because Nokia used to rule the roost when it comes to smartphones. It used to rule the roost when it comes to handsets. And the company stumbled tremendously with its smartphone operating system. It didn't uh, react well to the iPhone, uh, in particular. And then, of course, Android ended up becoming the uh, the cheapy uh, the cheapy platform for everybody else. And that sort of made Nokia look like it was going to be a reasonable purchase for what Steve Ballmer wanted to do. But once again, no one really cared about Windows Mobile. So. It's not. I mean, it's not really a direct comparison, and Steve Ballmer didn't buy Nokia for the same reasons, but it was always destined to fail, in my opinion, because no one cares about Windows Mobile.
0: Exactly. So now let's look at what's happening. Microsoft has twice announced serious bloodletting, firing, what, 18,000 people last year, of which 12,500 were part of the Nokia division, which, by the way, came with about 30 or 32,000 employees, many of which work in Finland. We'll get to that in a moment. All right, so over a third of that number are fired. This year, just a couple of days ago, they announced 7,800 more, most of whom, again, are coming from Nokia. And bear in mind, they're now taking a $7.5 billion write-down, the write-down equivalent to the original purchase of Nokia, basically writing it off and saying, this didn't do anything for us.
16: Yeah, and it, and it's a real shame. It's definitely a shame for all those Nokia employees, uh, many of whom are quite talented. Um, uh, like again, Nokia, uh, Nokia. To me, Nokia's problems came from management's vision and lack thereof, and rather than its employees. Uh, the company, you know, everyone's been headhunting within Nokia Nokia's ranks for a while now. Um, it's it, it's terrible for those employees. Absolutely, it's terrible for Finland too, because Nokia was Finland's shining shining industrial star. And now, pretty much, you know, but it's gone.
0: There is one city that has lost like two thirds of its employee base because of what Microsoft did. So they that decimated a city in Finland, not to mention the entire country being impacted in this way.
16: Yeah, it's brutal. It's just brutal. It's just there's no way around it. And layoffs are always hard. Steve Ballmer made a mistake buying the company. Even uh, in some ways, I honestly don't blame him because he he truly did want to find someone to make. Windows mobile phones. The problem is when you have to buy a company to, when you're, when you license operating so, uh, systems and you have to buy a manufacturer to actually make what you're licensing, maybe you ought to kind of go back to the starting board and realize that what you have isn't worth licensing. Therefore, you shouldn't be trying to make it yourself. And Steve Ballmer was not capable of making that decision. Satya Nadella appears to be capable of doing that. Now, in
0: the past, when Microsoft had something that would fail, they would simply change the name and try again. But Nadella is going to be brutal about that. He's going to get rid of stuff that isn't working.
16: Yeah, well, you know, Microsoft had become a very bloated company under Steve Ballmer. It had uh, an enormous amount of sales and marketing people. Um, You know, the company really hadn't done any major innovation in a long time. The the most innovative thing that, that I personally saw come out of or almost come out of Microsoft was Courier. This was a, a a tablet concept that worked utterly different than anything that we had seen before and anything that we'd seen since worked utterly different from the iPad. And Bill Gates, Chairman Gates, uh, wanted that killed because he saw it as a threat to Windows. And, you know, as, as, as marvelous as Bill Gates has been in business, as, as, as incredible as his success has been in the world of business, he also clung to his own Windows legacy for far too long. So seeing people cut from Microsoft to me is it's not a sign of troubles at the company per se. It's more a much needed correction from days past. You know, it's correcting years and years and years of mismanagement under Steve Ballmer.
0: Recognizing reality. Yeah. Have That's you tried think. the Windows 10 betas yet? I have not. Okay, I'll just mention briefly that they have a Windows Insider program. If you sign up and download and install Windows 10, you'll get the final version, period. Except, I guess, for those in the enterprise. It's pretty decent. They undo a lot of the junk from Windows 8. And if this was Windows 8, the successor to Windows 7, it'd be a pretty good update. But now, of course, they have Windows 8 and they have to come back from that. So there you go. Let's look at some other things here. And I don't know if you've seen these figures. But there's a report about June quarter sales for Macs. So IDC says Mac sales are up. Gartner says they're down. And this seems to always happen. They always underreport Mac sales. And then Apple comes out a couple of weeks later at a quarterly conference call with their new financials, and sales are always better. What's wrong with these two companies?
16: Yeah, well, it, it's because global sales are an art, not a science most companies don't report actual numbers and, and, you know, there's always the question of whether or not they're reporting sales into the channel versus sales to, to customers. When Apple reports sales, it uh, is reporting sales to, to customers and Apple usually breaks out any sell in, any fill in for its own channel that, that, that isn't included in, in numbers. And, you know, Apple's really transparent about this stuff and most other companies aren't and uh, over the decades this industry that has grown up around actually projecting and and predicting and 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 quantifying sales is just I'm, like i said it's it's more art than science and and you know I, I i think that that as time goes on people uh are going to pay less and less um attention to numbers from IDC and Gartner when it comes to the stuff
0: now, they're selling those reports to different companies, not Apple, of course. So if they're selling those reports and people are paying them for it, wouldn't those people say, hey, you're not giving me accurate figures.
16: You fix your methodology or I'm not paying. Well, yeah, that certainly is a possibility at some point. And, and I, I don't know that Apple doesn't buy them, by the way. Apple may well buy them.
0: Well, just they'll use them to their advantage if they show Apple well. But, of course, what it is showing, whether Mac sales were down slightly or increased by 16 percent. Regardless, it's moving way ahead of the PC industry, where sales were almost universally down, except for one or two companies.
16: Yeah, Apple has been outgrowing the PC industry as a whole for a while. It's just gobbling up share left and right. Uh, and it's all share at the high end. You know, Apple's most of Apple's products are just well, much more expensive than than the average PC, uh, let alone entry level PCs. And uh, you know, Apple's the one that's making the money. Apple is the one that's driving uh, that industry. I think Apple has had the mind share for for the PC industry for for a very very long time. Um, it's uh, you know, this is this is a golden age of the Mac, just as much as it is a golden age of TV.
0: Exactly. Apple sales, they continue to go up. They continue to invest a lot of money in their products. Obviously, the new MacBook, whether it's for you or not, and that's really an individual decision because of the single port and all that stuff. The point being here is that Apple clearly invested a lot in developing that thing.
16: Yeah, all the innovation in the PC world has come from from Apple. I mean, you know, Microsoft has certainly done its best to innovate on the, uh, on the Windows side, although Again, going back to Steve Ballmer, I will point out that that most of Microsoft's efforts in the waning years of, of Ballmer's career were spent on try, you know, hobbling Windows with with a um, you know with a, a a tablet experience. Let's go into more of this in our next segment. Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer.
0: I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out live. <laughs> We are the premier independent
7: talk radio network, the Genesis Communications Network,
0: GCN. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code.
6: Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg.
0: Please go to plus.technightowl.com. That's P-L-U-S.technightowl.com to check out what Tech Night Owl Plus is all about. Basically, It's a way to get the ad-free version of this show, higher quality audio for a modest monthly annual or five-year subscription rate. You'll learn more at plus.technightowl.com. Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer is here. We're talking briefly about Microsoft again and about Mac versus PC sales. And there's a report that you've seen from a company called Slice Intelligence. It supposedly bases its figures on sales receipts, I guess from the U.S., obviously not from Apple, and they're now reporting that Apple Watch sales have tanked. And it's being quoted without any criticism from most members of the media. What's your take on
16: it? Well, many and varied are my thoughts on this particular issue. The the first and foremost thing is that I I do not think these numbers should be dismissed. So what Slice Intelligence does is they offer two services that I don't recommend to anybody, uh, both of which They're they're email-related services that allow, like one's a shopping utility, and one is a a service that is supposed to declutter your inbox of of spam and other stuff. What they actually do is give Slice Intelligence the rights to pilfer your inbox, your email, looking for data and receipts related to uh, online sales in particular.
0: Now, the point here is this is not a scientific survey. It's merely whoever takes their utility, whoever accepts their product.
16: This is another one of those things that's part art, maybe even more art than science. But the art of projecting total results based on the sample is decades old. It's not like they're making these numbers up out of thin air. They have X amount of users and they project what those X amount of users do means for the population as a whole. This is, this is what every single uh, voter poll and political poll that we see every election cycle does, except for this information is actually coming from actual email boxes rather than uh, people answering the phone.
0: Now, bear in mind, as far as polling is concerned, political polls have been notoriously wrong in recent years. And some say it's because they're not counting cell phone users, and more and more people are just using mobile phones. Regardless, you see the poll in Israel, where Netanyahu won far more seats, his party, than was predicted. In the UK, the recent election in the UK, the conservatives did better. In the 2014 election in the US, the Republicans did better than the polling indicated. So even traditional polls are having problems.
16: It's true, Gene, but this still isn't magic, and it's still not making numbers up out of from whole cloth. I don't think when you have a group of people, in this case, people who are uh, users of Slice Intelligence's two services, and they are showing X amount of Apple Watches being bought over a period, and then that number decreases. The very least you can say is that within that group of people, Apple Watch sales are down. You can, I suppose, argue that you can't draw any results for the population as a whole from those numbers, but uh, that to me is a fool's errand. There's, there's fire behind this particular smoke. Apple Watch sales are most likely not good in general, and they're probably going down, and I have two bits of circumstantial evidence to, to back that up. The first is Apple hasn't told us how many Apple Watches it sold. Period. They haven't they haven't given us any numbers. Apple always gives us numbers for, for new products. They always tell us how many uh, devices they've sold, especially when when those numbers are are like, you know, knock you off your feet numbers. And Apple hasn't done so. That, to me, is circumstantial evidence that Apple is not particularly proud of these uh, sales. Number two, uh, you go into any Apple store, and the one place where you don't have a bunch of people is the Apple Watch stand. I mean, there is a lack of interest in the Apple Watch at this point. And Slice Intelligence's figures are just another data point to, to point that out. Well, let's see what Apple has to
0: say about it when they have their quarterly conference call. And whether if they don't report something, they'll get some kind of question from the so-called industry analysts. They're not much on asking tough questions, but it'll be good to know where this is happening. And obviously, we realize that Apple has finally caught up mostly with production with demand. So we expect things may be less than they were before because the original production was just to catch up with demand. So we'll, that, we'll see.
16: That's another, that's another fine point, Gene. Sales seem to be going down as availability is is improving. That's a problem. You know, I, I, wrote the, I wrote this week at the Mac Observer that I like my Apple Watch, but I'm not sure if I love it. And that that's still the case for me. I, I do like this thing. I wear it all the time. I will tell you, since we've had this ongoing conversation over the months about uh, smartwatches versus mechanical watches, that if I could get a strap, a smart strap that was reliable and tracked all of the things that I want to, and would feed it into uh, Apple's Health Kit, I would wear my mechanical watch at, at least fifty percent of the time when I left the house.
0: Let me tell you something here about watches. So. We have the Apple Watch starts at $349. As our listeners know, we mentioned this last week, but I'll tell Brian about it briefly. I had a guest watch here and started working erratically. After replacing the battery, it didn't change. Every so often after a few days, it would stop working and then pick up a few days later. I said, it's not worth it. This is a watch that costs maybe $50 or $75. The repair, if I could get it done, wouldn't be worth the cost. So I said, okay, let me see what I can find. So, I went over to the Walmart store where I was doing shopping and I stopped by their little jewelry counter, which is pretty good, by the way, if you want to replace the battery on your watch. Not an Apple Watch, but a normal watch. They're cheaper than anybody else and they'll do it for you. And they're very nice about it. Okay. So, I see this really nice watch, which to me looked about as good as the guest watch. Three year warranty, calendar watch, $12.88. So I've had this now for about 10 days. It keeps time within one second of my Mac. Okay? That's pretty good. Sure. If I can get a year out of it, I'm happy and buy another one. If I get more than a year, I'm ahead of the game. $12.88. That's my choice of watches. Okay. And we have to see now, as I said, it has to last a year before it makes sense. I don't want to spend $12 a month to buy a watch because suddenly I'll be paying... Almost why I pay extra on the credit card to get an Apple Watch over like two or three years. So we have to see this holds up. But it has a three-year warranty, except the warranty says they'll fix the watch for $6. So you pay half of what you paid at the start to get them to fix the watch, which is, I guess, they'll replace it or something like that. But even then, if I got a year out of it and the watch went bad and I send it away for $6 and get a new watch, it lasts another year. Wouldn't that be a good deal? Sure. Understand, this doesn't mean I'll never buy an Apple Watch. I might still consider it. I'm still on the review list for Apple. If they're not moving Apple Watches, surely they have one to send me to review. And I'll certainly be happy to review it and give you my comments. But right now, I'm used to wearing a normal watch with a normal calendar that I can almost see with my reading glasses that keeps accurate time. And that's my entire taste. Now, other thing that happened this week is Apple released a public beta of iOS 9 and OS 10.11 El Capitan. If you go to Apple, you can go to their Apple beta site and look it up on Google for the exact URL. Look it up, sign up, and you can download pre-release versions. But listen to me first before you do it. What I was mentioning before is the fact that Apple has released the public betas of iOS 9 and OS ten El Capitan. It's available for you to download from Apple's beta site. You just have to sign up. But remember this, before you do that, don't do it on your primary drive on your Mac. Do it on a second drive. Buy a cheap second drive and do it that way. And if you have an old iPhone, and the 4S is the oldest model that runs iOS 9, maybe you don't care about it, go ahead and try the operating system. Otherwise, don't do it because it's beta. Things will crash. Things will blow up. It's not something that's going to be necessarily fun. So you don't really want to do it. We'll get into more of that though in a moment with Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live. <music> a2hosting.com. Check out their Prime Hosting account. And get this, neighbors, they're even giving you an exclusive 25% off discount for all our listeners. 25%. And remember, their Guru Crew support team is standing by 24-7, 365 days a year to answer any of your questions. Now, to get the discount, use the coupon code Gene when you check out.
17: It's very easy to be a criminal. All you need to burglarize a home is one simple household tool, a pair of scissors. If your home security system can be compromised by a criminal using scissors, then you're making it easy for them. Almost every home security system, even those sold by big-name companies, has a weakness. The phone line. You shell out $1,500, get locked into a long-term contract, and think you're safe. But a burglar can destroy your alarm in seconds with one snip. And when a burglar cuts your phone line... You're defenseless. You're Simply Safe Home Security is the smarter choice. Built by Harvard engineers, Simply Safe uses a wireless connection to call the cops. Scissors can't cut it. And that means your home stays safe. 24 7 professional monitoring is under $15 a month with no contract. Simply Safe Home Security keeps you safer than the other guys for half the cost. Protect your home with the alarm you can trust. Simply Safe. Go to simplysafedefense.com now for an exclusive 10% offer. That's simplysafedefense.com.
8: Is negative content or comments on the web affecting your personal or professional reputation? Unfavorable comments, embarrassing pictures, videos, legal documents, and bad tweets can ruin your personal life, your career, or your business. It happens a lot, and it's just not fair. But what can you do? Reputation.com can protect your good name. Get a free consultation now at 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Call right now for a free expert reputation analysis. It's easy to squash the unfair attacks with our patented system and the analysis is absolutely free. Make the best things about you jump out in searches. Protect your personal and professional reputation, your business and your income. Get your your free reputation analysis from reputation.com right now. Call 800-831-0771. 800 800
0: So Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer, have you run the iOS nine or all the Capitan public
16: betas yet? You know I haven't. Every single machine I have is is mission critical. My laptop, my um, my desktop, my it's a, it's a Mac Pro, my iPhone, and my iPad are all devices that I need to work. I may put the public beta, and I may wait till the next public beta, the next version of it, uh, which will probably be in a week or two. Um, uh, I, I'm anxious to, but I what I need is a I need a a, a non mission critical machine
0: well what I did here of course on my iMac is I made a second partition for it that's how I got away with it this way it doesn't interfere with my normal work routine. I can go in there and see what's broken
16: yeah you know uh, my problem I could install a second drive I could make a second partition as you did uh, the problem is that uh, when I install a beta version of an operating system i want to use it all the time what i found in the past is that that if i if i put it on a second partition if i put it on a second hard drive i don't tend to ever go over to it and spend any time with it because once i get there what am i going to actually do i'm not going to be doing my mission critical stuff i mean i suppose i could browse the the web and, and whatnot but most of my time on the computer is spent doing work
0: so you're not the person for public beta?
16: I am not, despite the fact that I write about Apple for a living. Um, like I said, I, it, once uh, we have a little bit more stability uh, in these public betas, I, I will be jumping on it. Both El Capitan and iOS 9 just look amazing to me. I'm super excited about them from the uh, WWDC keynote. Uh, I'm really keen in particular on, on Proactive, which is uh, Apple's answer to Google Now. And I can't wait to dig into it, but just doesn't quite work for me yet. Well, that's a
0: warning to you folks. I'll tell you about it, and I'll tell you my experiences with both. And I did, by the way, upgrade my iPhone to the iOS 9 public beta. The only issue I see, for the most part, it's pretty stable, but the Apple Insider app crashes at startup. Hmm. Everything else works for me. So our friends at Apple Insider, I guess you got to fix it, folks. All right. Now, but looking at that here, the criticism has been, Brian, that these releases don't have enough
16: compelling new features. Oh, who says that?
0: That's what the general tenor is. Well, it doesn't have all these big ten-pole features and the split-screen view for OS X El Capitan and what's available for the iPad air 2 well they copy that from
16: Samsung and from Microsoft okay fine I guess <laughs> I suppose that that may actually be uh, the case uh, I think that there's a that there are a lot of performance and stability issues especially in El Capitan I think that the changes the, the improvements and, and feature additions to spotlight uh, the changes to dashboard the the changes to dashboard, uh, the addition of the proactive stuff. I, I think there's a lot of, uh, a lot of things in El Capitan to be interested in. And I think there's even more in iOS 9 to be interested in. I'm excited about them.
0: Well, I find it really interesting in terms of my iPhone. I find apps launch a little faster. The battery life appears to be a tad more. Apple is claiming an hour. So that's important. With El Capitan, they also claim improved performance because of using Metal, which is this graphics hardware integration feature that is already used on recent iPhones. But you've got to have a recent Mac, apparently. If you have an older Mac, Metal isn't supported, as I understand it. That's
16: I believe that. that's the case, yes.
0: Yeah. And it, because it has to have certain features. Apple is not going to add something to an older Mac that doesn't support it properly because you will not be happy with the performance. So there you go. Let's talk about Apple Music, shall we? Sure. Because an article you wrote week, 10 days ago, music just isn't worth what it used to be. Is that because you could rent it now
16: instead of buying it or what? It's a bunch of things and it goes back. In most ways, it either starts with the record labels jacking up CD prices in the late '90s, even as production costs were going down, uh, but production costs both in on, in terms of music and in terms of uh, uh, in terms of distribution and manufacturing of the CDs themselves, it because as that was happening, Napster came along, and what Napster did was introduced to introduced to the public the idea that you can have all of the music for quote-unquote free. And Napster was shut down for sure. The record label suited out of existence uh, successfully. But the chink in the armor was, was already there. And, uh, you know, I, I've, I've thought, uh, over the years, I thought really hard about whether or not Napster would have been as successful as it was, as quickly as it was, if the labels hadn't been gouging customers with sky high release prices uh, on new CDs in particular. But we will never know that, of course, but um, uh, you know it, it, it set up in, in the, it set up a lot of resentment with a lot of consumers. I remember at the time, just we're going back what 15, 16 years. I remember at the time a lot of people saying that they were entitled to steal music because CDs were too expensive. Now, that's a rationale for thievery, no matter how you slice it. But for the people saying that, they absolutely believed it. They were entitled to steal it because they couldn't afford it or because the record labels were asking too much for the music. And from there, we have, you know, Apple itself contributed to music having less value because Apple introduced iTunes where people were suddenly able to buy singles instead of buying whole albums, something that a lot of the music industry actually resisted. And then we had music rental, a, a, a variety of music rental schemes uh, came and went. Uh, none of them were very successful, but Pandora and Spotify introduced this idea of streaming music, which is essentially music rental, though you've ha- you didn't have as much control over it uh, as, as uh, you did with some of the earlier schemes. But at this point right now, Andorra, Spotify, Apple Music, iHeartRadio, RDO, uh, a a whole ton of systems, you can pay a monthly fee and access in some way millions, if not tens of millions of songs. And what this, it's kind of interesting because on the one hand, it set a floor Right, rather than free, rather than music should just be mine to steal, it sets this floor. Well, it turns out I have to pay something. I have to pay nine ninety nine a month, or five four ninety nine a month, or nineteen ninety nine a month, or something. There's a floor set. But on the other hand, what the music industry and technology companies like Apple, Google, even Facebook, Spotify, Pandora, etc., what they're saying to consumers is music is so unimportant, you don't even have to own it anymore.
0: Well, we're going to talk about that owning versus renting with Brian Schaffner of the Mac Observer. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Free from the shackles of corporate America.
7: We're the place for independent thinkers. GCN.
15: You are an individual with your own thoughts, decisions, and actions. So why should you be penalized for not enrolling in the subpar health insurance mandated by the government when you can be truly independent with Liberty HealthShare, a bold, innovative alternative, allowing you to take back control and make your own decisions about your health care. Mention this ad when you call to learn more. 800-714-6993. That's 800-714-6993. Liberty HealthShare. Together,
8: we are one.
14: Call for your free copy at 1-800-686-2237. When investing, always proceed with caution. Again, call 1-800-686-2237. Exercise your legal right to trade metals privately. 1-800-686-2237.
4: Are you tired of commuting to a job that makes someone else rich? Working harder than ever, but getting nowhere? Do you hate spending hundreds of dollars every week on daycare? Having someone else raise your children? With our opportunities, you can start earning money as soon as next week. You get to be the boss, work from home, and live a happier life.
11: You're listening to the Tech Night Owl Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next.
0: Now we have to look at the music industry here, and it's something I've observed in recent years is that more and more people, especially young people, you think old people would do this. Are buying vinyl. Vinyl sales are up. You know, it's not a, more than a fraction of total CD sales, but people are buying vinyl, and if people are buying vinyl, and therefore, in turn, turntables, cartridges, etc. That means a lot of people want to own music. So, yeah,
16: a tiny subset of hipsters are buying vinyl because it's warmer, man. It's that does not represent a wholesale movement of consumers to uh, going back to owning music. Uh, the, the, this ship is essentially sailed. The, the vinyl thing is going to remain. You know, vinyl is stuck through, through cassettes. It's stuck through uh, CDs. It's sticking through iTunes and now it's sticking through streaming. And I expect vinyl to still be around, but the vast majority of consumers at this point from here on out are going to rent music with a small fee paid to Apple or Spotify or another technology company where they get to access everything they want for this one monthly fee.
0: Now, I tend to think younger people will be the first to embrace that, people who have not invested in their own music library. They're starting out, this is a quick way, a cheap way to get involved. Am I wrong?
16: Yeah, well, uh, yes. Yeah, I think, uh, like I still prefer to own my music. I still prefer to buy a CD and rip it unless I can, can download it online uh, lossless. I, I'm pretty obsessive about my music quality. Uh, I want to listen through quality speakers, and I want my source material to be as high quality as I can get it. Uh, I'm obviously older. A lot of younger users couldn't care less uh, about that sort of thing. So yeah, it'll certainly be led from the youth. How's that? I mean, I think that the music streaming that we've seen so far with Pandora and um, uh, Pandora and Spotify and and all the other services has been that that charge has been from uh, you know twenty something's on up. 20-somethings on up, maybe to, you know, 20s and 30s. How's that?
0: So they're getting people who maybe in the past they might have just downloaded music from a torrent source, but now for a very cheap monthly fee, they can be completely legal, get completely legal music, and take advantage of much larger libraries.
16: Yeah, they can have access to almost everything ever recorded.
0: Not everything because they haven't reached contracts with some artists yet. Like, for example, with Apple Music, the Beatles are not available yet in Apple Music. They will be. Taylor Swift is. (laughs) But the Beatles, not yet. They probably have to sign a separate contract.
16: Apple Corps has always been very, very, very precious about uh, its rights, and for good reason. Yes, but how many
0: times over need they sell their product? As many times as they can. Right, right. I mean, Paul McCartney is worth, what, a billion dollars? And Ringo Starr, a few hundred million. And Yoko, who
16: knows... For, for sure. And, and as well as the managers and owners of Apple Corp, because that's not just the Beatles. It's, uh, it's, uh, uh, there are other people involved too. And, and, you know, is, is that generation reaches its sunset? And I don't mean that to sound morbid. Uh, the Beatles maintain their relevance, which is, which is astounding. And we could probably have an entire segment on that at some other time. But um, the point is, almost everything else, almost, not everything, but almost everything is available through Apple Music and through most of the other services, too.
0: Now, the question, of course, is here, how does Apple do against, say, Spotify? Remember, Spotify is available on loads of platforms. Apple Music is Mac, PC, iOS, coming to Android this fall. That may be a significant factor right there. Also, Apple has, what, 800 million iTunes accounts and lots of people upgraded to iOS 8.4, and the only main feature of that upgrade was the new music app with Apple Music. So a lot of people are doing this. So does that mean that Apple can choke all the other services within a year or two?
16: Um, No, I don't think Apple's going to put anybody else out of business. Well, the the little guys are going to continue having problems. The little services, the friend services are going to continue having problems, in in part because the entire business model for most of those companies is screwed. I mean, like Spotify, Spotify, the bigger it gets, it still doesn't make any money. And it probably is never going to make any money. Pandora is not going to make any money either. The thing is, is that Apple doesn't need to make money. But what? So I think what's going to happen is the little guys are going to get squeezed out. Pandora and Spotify will probably continue on for quite a while. And there's a lot of people who hate Apple and are never, ever going to subscribe to Apple Music, uh, no matter how good it is or isn't. Just as there are lots of people who will subscribe to it, uh, no matter how good it is or isn't. And... But, what, you know, we will see some consolidation here as the front services go away, but the, but the I think the big services will, will continue.
0: Now, I was looking at reports of financials for Spotify, which is a private company, and their sales probably doubled over the past year, but their losses also doubled. And if they got good cash flow, it doesn't matter. That's how Amazon exists. But if they're surviving on venture capital... At some point in time, the investors are going to say, we need to see a return. Otherwise, you get no more money.
16: Yep, yeah, theoretically, unless, of course, they end up uh, wanting to use uh, Spotify. I mean, you know, Spotify will probably eventually be sold to someone. And another thing that we've seen, along with this decrease in perceived value with consumers in terms of music, is we've seen this huge power shift um, where the record labels used to control everything and then artists eventually wrested some of that control back right now. It's the technology companies that control a lot of music because they control the distribution. It's like uh, it's like Tina Turner and in, uh, in uh, the Mad Max movie that she did beyond Thunderdome. Was it he who controls the distribution? i Anyway, sorry. That was a, a, a silly tangent to go on, but uh Apple controls the distribution point of Apple Music. Google is, is controlling its distribution uh, points through, through its various services. Spotify controls distribution to a certain extent, as does Pandora. And those are the companies with the power. And at some point, we're probably going to find that most of music is indirectly being distributed by companies who aren't trying to make money directly off of it.
0: So, therefore, does Google or Microsoft buy Spotify? Yeah, I can see that. I can totally see that happening. Because that way the competition becomes real.
16: Yeah, sort of, I suppose. Because
0: right now, with the numbers Apple has and the advanced publicity, I see them
16: almost rapidly becoming number one by fall. That, I would be surprised if they did not. Kind of dep- A lot of that's going to depend on how popular Beats 1 radio gets.
0: Well Beats 1 right now is 12 hours recorded, 12 hours live each day. I assume it won't be long before they can go 24 hours live. And Beats is a throwback to traditional top 40 radio mm-hmm. in many respects. Yeah. If you go yeah. back to the 60s and 70s and Cousin Brucey by the way he's still working for Sirius XM, Cousin Bruce Morrow at age 79 or something like that. If you look at the and he still sounds the same way he did then, or it must be too old. But seriously speaking, they're bringing back the kind of radio we had years ago without the ads, or with very few ads. The,
16: the format is an absolute throwback to terrestrial radio. And in most ways, it's a throwback to what was great about terrestrial radio. That's where but I started it, working in radio, by the way, at those
0: traditional stations.
16: The, what's not a throwback, though, it's not just top 40 pop radio there actually are lots of different uh, uh music genres being represented in the beats one um, uh, format uh and and sometimes even within a single show you'll actually get the different genres represented which is which is i i i think fantastic but this isn't just beats one is not just a pop station it's much more than that And if it the way it's
0: styled, forgetting the musical genres, and they're getting into a wider range, and probably it'll get even wider as they go along. Yeah. The key here is that it's using the style of top forty radio, with the disc jockey and the listener requests, and bringing on guests and stuff like that. It's using that style. Yeah, it is. Well, that's how you go. That's how you Apple know. Music, let's get into more of this in a moment. I'm Gene Steinberg with Brian Schaffin on the Tech Night Out Live.
7: A little right, a little left, but always independent-minded. The Genesis Communications Network.
0: GCN If you're worried about your health and you're
15: tired of the nasty side effects of harsh drugs or antibiotics, then look no further supernatural silver is the answer answer. supernatural silver is a powerful immune system enhancer that can be used every day to help keep you healthy and well with none of those nasty side effects it's extremely safe for use internally as well as topically and supernatural silver is hundreds of times more effective than colloidal or ionic silver it is perfect for use in the sinuses eyes ears and on any wound or skin issue supernatural silver is also extremely effective when taking Orally, and can help fight off bacteria, viruses, and mold that may be overwhelming your immune system. Go to SupernaturalSilver.com SupernaturalSilver.com and use the promo code Silver2015 for 30% off of your entire order and give yourself and your loved ones a fighting chance with Supernatural Silver.
12: Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. Call 1-888-379-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. So, disable the cable and get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-888-379-MY-TV. Right now, to sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and up to four rooms. And there's no equipment to buy. That includes your free HD TV upgrade, your free DVR upgrade, and your free professional installation. And the best part? The pristine digital picture and sound. Call 1-888-379-MY-TV. So, what are you waiting for? out your major credit or debit card. Call one 888 379 MyTV. one 888 379 my Disable the cable, cut costs, and get more. Call one 888 379 MyTV. one 888 379 my For over five years,
18: you've been hearing about the Berkey guy, so you may know a few things about him. For example, you are well aware of the superior quality and effectiveness of Berkey water filters and accessories.
11: You're listening to The Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next.
0: So, of course, I set up Apple Music the first day it came out on the 30th of June. Three month trial. After three months, will I auto-renew or disable auto-renew? I don't
16: know yet. I'll yeah, have what's to your, see. What's your gut feeling?
0: My gut feeling is half and a half because I hoped it would begin as I started playing music and selecting the stuff I like and don't like to understand in the For You section what I like. But it still has some very abysmal mistakes. Part of the problem is in iTunes, you can't just right-click and tell it I don't want that. But you can do that in music for iOS. But still putting stuff in there that I would never listen to, in fact I find insulting. Yeah, so it, it it should learn. It will learn. Okay. I mean stuff that I really like is going in there. And I have a collective taste. So I like Frank Sinatra which is in there. I like the BGs. I like Dion. I think Dion is A tremendous talent who's been a great performer from the 60s on. Donovan is in there. Roy Orbison. But it's got other stuff that I don't like at all. Stuff like Barry Manilow. Let's see if Barry Manilow is still there. Maybe Barry Manilow is gone now. Ah, it looks like it finally got rid of Barry Manilow. Thank you, Apple. (laughs) Now, all the Barry Manilow fans no, forgive me, right near the bottom, there's Barry Manilow. Why I have nothing in my personal music album to reflect that. Or Tom Jones. But under Tom Jones is Simon and Garfunkel, so they can be forgiven in part. So I still think it has a ways to go. And I specifically noted in iOS, I didn't want Barry Manilow and I didn't want Tom Jones. So I don't know. It's going to take a while. I have to bang someone on the head. I'll bang Siri on the head. Is that it? Siri, pay attention. I don't want this. But if it really learns my style, I understand that because these days i haven't really bought music in a while except for like once every couple of years i'll buy an album and that's about it from itunes mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then i'll go on i haven't bought much music mm-hmm. so maybe that's it right there but i still like owning music i've been owning music since i was 12 years old
16: yeah you and i were raised under that concept for sure and I, I'm torn on it because I, I do like owning my music so very, very much. But at the same time, uh, being able to go and stream whatever I want is there's a siren song to that for sure. Take the band Yes, a prog rock band from uh, mostly the 70s '70s stuff that I'm interested in. And I haven't owned a Yes album since I sold all my vinyl uh, in probably the early '90s is when I sold all my all, all my vinyl to a uh, to a vinyl shop. But there's yes that I actually want to listen to, and there's some yes that I actually like. And I was thinking to myself, you know, golly, I uh, uh, I should go buy a yes album. And and this was this was in the opening couple of weeks of uh, Apple Music. And it's like, you know, I've, why don't I just go stream it for free and and uh, or stream it included in my my uh, my 90 day trial. There's a siren song there. It's, it's, it's alluring for sure. Uh, I, I personally will end up subscribing to it one way or another simply because of my job. But I imagine that I will also use it.
0: Well, as I said, 90 days to make a decision. If it adapts to my taste and I find more of a need for it, or just sit back and listen, maybe I'll do it. But I think the best of both worlds is that Apple still sells music if you want it. They offer a subscription service if you don't or you get it anyway if you want to live somewhere in the middle of both extremes. And they provide what customers want and what's wrong with that. Not much. Have you had any particular problems with it?
16: With Apple Music? No, not not at all. Uh, the interface on the iOS app is, is needs improvement and it needs to get better, that's for sure. But so far, I've I found uh, the, the uh, Apple Music on... Uh, the mac in particular to be particularly easy to use
0: with the mac version like i said i think it needs more features in a working context menu which i don't see i don't see a working context menu so if i'm looking at a particular album here i don't see a context menu by going to music for ios and i tap and hold i see all the options and that to me is a come down
16: yeah fair enough Right, it's it's this early release is just that it's an early release. Apple is going to be uh, getting a lot of feedback from people. Um, uh, I have no doubt that it will improve. It's not anything that I'm I'm particularly worried about, but I know that it needs the improvement.
0: Well, the other thing, of course, is iTunes 12 in particular. It's not getting the love. And we've had discussions here on the show where some people want to kill it with extreme prejudice and start over <laughs> and make something work better, more intuitively.
16: I hate iTunes 12. I do not like the interface at all. It is incredibly counterintuitive. It is not useful. Don't, it's, it's, it is the worst piece of user interface that I think Apple has possibly ever put out. And that's saying something. No, it's not saying something because Apple actually has such a reputation of, of putting out great user interfaces. It's 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 a terrible user interface.
0: Well, Kirk McElhern, our iTunes guy from Macworld, he was saying that he thinks a lot of these features are driven by marketing. And that's why they don't work so well. They're not really being considered by the developers and properly designed. And maybe it needs... To have Jeff Robin and his crew over there at Apple sit down and look over all this stuff and find better ways to implement them. I can't imagine it's going to be a major thing just to give it kind of a shave and haircut to improve some of these features.
16: Yeah, I don't know. You know, I don't know what it needs. I don't know if we should be blaming Johnny Ive, uh, if we should be blaming the engineers um i would be shocked if it was actually being market driven uh that would that would in fact represent a major step backwards from apple it would actually represent a major step backwards from um uh everything steve jobs believed in and we uh, we know that um uh we, we know that uh, Steve believed very strongly that sales and marketing needs to never have control over a product company unless you lose innovation. And I, I believe that, that Tim Cook is very committed to, to protecting that. If anything, I, I want to blame Johnny Ive, who's in charge of uh, user interface these days.
0: Okay, Johnny Ive, if you're listening, the interface for iTunes sucks. Fix it. Yes, please. Thank you. Brian Chaffin, please tell our listeners where we can find more of your stuff.
16: I write daily about Apple and the tech world at MacObserver.com and you can find my personal blog at That's geektells.com. That's G-E-E-K T E L L S dot com.
0: Yeah, you gotta know what them geek tells, okay? That's right. Right. Don't you forget it. Don't you forget to check us out on Twitter where we are known as Tech Night Owl. We're Tech Night Owl on Twitter. You can also go to our web portal technightowl.com, and what you get there is my daily commentaries as The Night Owl, and also links to The Tech Night Owl Live, where we've got shows to download that go back as far as 2007, as far as a Mac that could run El Capitan and Yosemite. How about that? We also have another radio show. It's about UFOs and things that go bump in the night, and this week on the PowerCast, we'll be featuring marie d jones co-author of a book called mind wars who has been watching you from the shadows ooh about history of mind control surveillance and social engineering by the government the media and secret societies go to the paracast.com. Paracast.com. it makes you so paranoid that you think they're always out to get you and guess what maybe they are we have a special feature of this show called Tech Night Owl Plus. Tech Night Owl Plus, in answer to those who don't like to listen to ads, we have the solution. Go to plus.technightowl.com. That's p-l-u-s.technightowl.com. We offer an ad-free version of this radio show. Forty-one minutes of ads are gone for a modest monthly, annual, or five-year subscription rate. So please check it out. Plus.technightowl.com. Once again, that's plus technightowl.com. Brian Chaffin, thank you for joining us on the Tech Night Owl Live.
16: And yeah, thanks for having me, Gene. We, we appreciate it over at the Mac Observer, and I certainly appreciate it.
4: The Tech Night Owl Live is a copyrighted
17: presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. We'll be back next week.
14: Same bat time, same bat channel.